Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It's Wednesday. It's October 6th. The fall is upon us. Uh, we got a little bit of a lag here in the voice, but this is Michael. Robin was supposed to join me, but she's not here, so I'm assuming she got caught up in a client call. Uh, I am going to do the show today on my own, and so with that, I'm going to just jump right to the guest. Uh, our guest today is someone that I've known for quite a while, only met once or twice in person over a decade ago. So our guest is Kelly Rexroad. Kelly is a consultant that lives in Tampa, Florida, and uh, I first met her when I moved to moved to Florida back in 2004-ish. So Kelly, welcome to Drive Through HR. Thanks for being our guest today. How are you? I'm great, thanks, and I appreciate it so much. Yes, fall has even come to Tampa. The cypress leaves are turning darker colors. Yeah, I have uh, I have some yeah some uh, some plants out front, you know, that are just small shrubs and stuff, and they're dropping yellow leaves like crazy. I, I, I keep thinking they're dying, but I, I you know, it, I have to remember it's fall. So anyway, so so Kelly, um, you, you and I met when you were coming out. I think you were in a role at Cardinal Health, and and you were you know an HR practitioner, and you were in the process of transitioning from that role into consulting. And I believe you've been doing consulting for for the duration since then um, of, of different types. But but for for our guests who uh, may not know you. Um, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. So I am a first-generation college uh, student out of our family and had the opportunity to grow up with a very entrepreneurial mom and dad. So um, my background is in history, political science, and architecture, and I actually got into HR through communications um, work. And then um, had a fabulous corporate career. I got to be a corporate officer, a publicly traded NASDAQ company with communications and HR, which is something that just doesn't happen every day, and got to Mm -hmm. work with Cardinal Health when I moved from the FAA to the FDA and still in a highly (laughs) regulatory um, business of pharmaceutical development and eventually became their head of global HR in um, manuf- with their manufacturing world, which you know gave me the chance to just go to lots of places I had never been, so it was um, just sort of time to get off the airplane and be able to stay home for a bit more, and that's when I transitioned to um, HR consulting. I love um, what I'm doing. I work with all sorts of different clients, uh, though I must admit some of my favorites are small businesses, having grown up in one, family businesses, still being mm-hmm. in one, um, and then also um, my clients um, many times are startups and also anyone involved within a merger um, so some of that is pure HR consulting, and some of it is more coaching, because sometimes rather than just a good employee handbook, it's helping the leader tweak what they want to do or that entrepreneur to be able to get their values down and what kind of business they really want, and then um, being able to help them find that clarity helps their business grow. 
Yeah, so just to, I always I always because I've never really had a chance to do much of this except for like once. Um, so when you when you say startups, are you talking tech companies or are you talking small business startups or just just out of curiosity, kind of that space? What 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 does that involve with you being part of it? Yeah, many of them are tech companies um, because we seem to be and have been a quiet hotbed here in the Tampa Bay area in particular. And my focus really has been to try to support the Tampa Bay area. I was doing so much global work in the past. So I, I do have a few clients still that are global. I really try to help those in the Tampa Bay area. So I work with places um, like the Tampa Bay Innovation um, Center. I've worked with the mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Technology Forum in the past um, and really help them understand, like for their first hire, they've come from an idea, perhaps they've got their seed money, they're getting ready to kind of move out and make their idea action. But having them understand um, that they don't need to hire another one of them. They need somebody who compliments them and be able to help them understand how to have value-based leadership, how to be compliant in HR world, as well as how to hire right, because especially those first few hires for startups are just so key. So I would say 80%, 90% of them are high-tech, but not all. Yeah. Some manufacturing um, you know, in particular. Sure. As an aside, I guess, and without any real deep expertise in it, um, just reading, you know, like the local business journals and stuff, Tampa Bay has kind of, to your point, has kind of quietly become one of the fastest growing technology hubs in the United States, I think, as especially as people seek, uh, you know, great places to live that are more affordable than the traditional spots like Silicon Valley and, it's, you know, California, Austin, even Austin, Texas. Um, and, and also I think, uh, and this is particularly important to me because I, lo I love the team, Jeffrey Vinnick, who's the owner of the, of the Tampa Bay Lightning, which had won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups, also has been heavily investing in downtown Tampa and creating quite, a, quite an updated living area down there with his, with his com other companies, his other businesses, which involve investment. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's been a, it's been a you know, we're seeing booming house, housing prices, which is unfortunate because it makes it less affordable. But I guess, you know, it's a great to, – to see this kind of growth in an, in, in an area where you live is uh, is always fun. So, yeah, that's a sort of a, a sidestep from what you do. But I guess you're, you're, you're able to take advantage of that in your practice, which sounds like it's cool. Um, yeah, because I want the business to grow because it helps the community. You know, it doesn't just help right. the person or help the employees and helps – it does help that community. And I think Tampa is very supportive that way. I think we are a community compared to other kind of big cities. We have this sense of people, you know each other. You're never very far from knowing somebody who knows somebody. And I think that really aids in this whole startup. We're, we're one of the startups um, hubs for women as well as just startup businesses in general, not just even tech. Okay. Okay, I, I it, like I said, I, I, I it's not something I'm deeply involved in, but it, it's been a great story to follow. I wasn't aware of, mm -hmm. the, of the, the the part about uh, the being a hub, you know, the one of the leading hubs for women. I hadn't seen those articles, so that's cool. Um, I, I so so you work with a you work with a kind of a wide variety of of clients. Um, 
one of the things I'm always interested in, and especially these days, we, we, like, we, we can't stay away from the conversation, but I'm curious, like, over the last, you know, during COVID, like, coming into COVID and coming out of COVID, everything happened so fast that, you know, all, all sorts of business strategies and plans were upset and derailed or delayed and, you know, still, still happening. What, what have you seen and what have you been dealing with from your, a client perspective, sort of, because we're not really post-pandemic, but I guess, you know, we're, post, we're post-COVID now and in the COVID era. So how has your, your work changed and what kind of trends have you seen in this last 18 to 20 months? Yeah, great, uh, great question. So the trends I've seen, um, as I mentioned, I got into HR through communication. So I go from a communication standpoint with many of my clients. So how are they going to work from home? What are they going to do? Even some of the compliance things like job descriptions. But really, what were the rules that they needed? I, I have some risk management background as well because the holes that pop up in today's world of risk management are people. So making sure they are set up from a risk management standpoint for cybersecurity and just being safe at home for those that work. So mm-hmm. there were some just pure protocols that they needed some help with that they perhaps weren't even thinking about because they're trying to save their business, their minds on that. Not that they're ignoring their client, their their um, employee, but they're focused on their clients because they want to keep that cash flow coming in to keep the business going. Um, some of it also has been um, frequently asked questions, a lot of that, and a lot of work with firms that are um, merging. So I have clients who have seen this as an opportunity to reach out to businesses who they knew were going to probably um, the owner or the founder was going to retire, say, in three to five years and see if they were interested in going now and making a deal mm-hmm. now. And so I'm doing a fair amount of acquisition work um, through the pandemic. But a lot of just good employee relations, managerial training, how to stay connected with your employee when it's on Zoom. You aren't just bumping into them in the hallway or coffee or on campus somewhere. Um, that the training seems to be really key. The um, review of compliance items, like do they have their employee posters up in a place where everybody can see them if nobody's in the office? And now right. post-pandemic, for sure, it's very much been what are we going to continue? What do we need to update? You know, one of my favorite questions after meeting is who's going to do what by when? So we're kind of in that mode. Okay, so what do we need to do now? They need to decide, you know, what are what's our business model now and how um, do we have employees work in that business model and where are they? So, again, mm-hmm. back to frequently asked questions, lots of communication, managers understanding it's almost a new onboarding for everybody if they're bringing them back to the office. So not skimping on the importance of being out there and making sure that employees know that you're there, what they need, uh, physical and psychological safety is okay, and giving them some space 
um, to be able to react to all that. So a focus, I'm doing a lot of reviews of EAP programs and that people wish to add to their their world if they did not have that because the whole issue around mental health has certainly picked up. As you know, Michael and your your listeners want to. I'm a generalist, uh, so I have. Mm-hmm. I don't look at it I, as just one item. I see it as that entire system. So they are trying to figure out how to recruit these days. They're trying to figure out how to retain what they have um, in a, their workforce, but they're also trying to figure out how to move their whole business model forward. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I know. It, I mean, it's you know that that discussion we've had different versions of it with many different guests over the last you know year or so, and it it, it continues to fascinate. I uh, you and I engaged in a well, it wasn't really a debate, but we we were a part of a conversation that I fell into that you were having related to uh, vaccine mandates, and and it was uh, it was specifically the the situation I think you mentioned where an employer was not only requiring their employees to um, mm-hmm. get the vaccine, but they were going or, or charge more, be charged more under their health plan, but they were also doing the same for spouses. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me, you know, from a risk mitigation perspective and a kind of a encouraging, you know, the public good, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you came back and, and made a comment that was, Something on the lines of just because you can do it doesn't doesn't mean it should. And 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 I guess I was I was curious, uh, you know, like you know, like how not really get into the, into that discussion because you know it's such a it's it's fraught with peril from a personal you know, just personal <laughs> opinion perspective. But but I I, I am curious about um, like you know how you like that I think that's probably emblematic of how you talk to your clients in terms of, you know, think about these things. So can you mm-hmm. kind of, I'm, try, I'm trying to get to a question that, I guess the question is not specifically about vaccine mandates. How do you frame advice for your clients when, when we're in this era of everybody has an opinion about everything and some, you know, and they're vastly opposed in many cases, that, that vaccine mandate being one, right? How do you help them mm-hmm. find the right, uh, the right spot for their company from an HR policy perspective. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the same my granny used to give me all the time, just because you can <laughs> doesn't mean you should. Um, and right. I, it was more while I was a teenage girl, so that tells you <laughs> um, where, how it was originally given to me, but it's obviously stuck. Um, I, I try to raise questions. I am just cur- a curious person by nature, but I want my clients, and they're wonderful to me in that they include me in these strategy plans sessions because they know I believe in preparation and I believe in planning and then you just are go in very very prepared for whatever might come your way so be able to ask the questions that their employees may have and vet those questions. Why do I have to have a mask? Why why are we coming back to the office? Why do I have to why are we why did we pick Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday? Why didn't we pick Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday? I mean, why is it three days? And as I mentioned on that post, well why was it um, $100 a pay period. What, what made $100 mm-hmm. right? Is that an appropriate cost to um, be a penalty or is it in line with other things? So I do ask those questions and in those meetings and just be able to make sure they 
get out of their headspace for a while of running the business and let them see what it feels like to be in the business like their employees mm-hmm. are and be able to say, okay, so how do we sort all of these items out? Because if the employees understand that we've heard them and we're thinking about them and we are uh, we have a plan to be able to um, again, make the place safe, get, keep them engaged, um, know that they're valued. If they have all of that from us, that, and all of that is in line with the values of the business, then it will work out. I mean, it does because you've prepared, you've communicated, and you've planned. And um, and that's how I go in. I, I, I use a lot of data when I go in with clients. I ask them for reports they have. I ask them for downloads of things. I want to see what the data tells me about their workforce. Mm. And then I like to walk around or I like to do, as I've been doing, some Zoom calls um, with individuals just to be able to say, you know, get the spirit of it. What's happening? What's going on? And be able to give people an opportunity to um, th- share things that perhaps I hadn't thought about for that particular business. So I do gotcha. a lot of inquisitive stuff with them, and and they're very kind at letting me do it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 in this case, you know, to to steal maybe not from your granny, but from somebody's granny. You know, in this case, it's not like curiosity kills the cat, right? The more you know, right. the more effective you can be. Um, so I want to so – let me do a quick reset. We're, we're about halfway through, just a little over halfway through. So this is okay. Michael. We're doing, we're doing a show today with Kelly Rexwood. I'm sorry, Kelly Rexroad. Sorry about that. Kelly is, a, Kelly is the uh, principal consultant at K-Rex Consulting. She lives in Tampa, Florida. I've known her for a number of years, and we're talking about her consulting work. And we're going to switch over into another affiliated, but maybe slightly different role. Um, so, so Kelly, what I wanted to ask about is, like, like doing a handbook rewrite or a handbook creation as a specific project, as a consultant, you, you still have to go in and gather the information, understand their policies and all that kind of stuff. But that's a specific piece of work. You also offer... A, a service that you refer to as being a fractional CHRO. Are those mm-hmm. one and the same, or are they two different things? And if they're different, explain to us how that works. Yeah, so one, as you mentioned, is much more project-based. So a fractional chief human resources officer would go in um, and serve. It can be, for me, it can serve fractional for a period of time, or it can serve fractional to solve projects as a whole so but most of my clients right now are smaller clients who need the advice of a seasoned um, HR executive they need somebody who they can just pick up the phone and call and go okay I think I need to let this person go or I want to hire this person but can you interview them and see if you pick up on anything I've missed so they want somebody to be able to do that for them so they're looking for um, a generalist, but in HR, but a business partner. So that fractional CHRO I do with clients, and they kind of um, it's it's a membership plan. They buy hours from me for the mm-hmm. month, and then they can roll forward. Um, and we might use it for training. We might use it for focus groups. We might use it for their benefits, open enrollment. 
It's whatever they need at the time. So they're getting the expertise of a seasoned person, but they don't need and perhaps can't afford a full-time HR officer. But they also know they can't afford to have um, lesser experience because they don't want to go through those bruises and calluses of it. And yeah. for, and I also do the interim work that is more of a I will step in when the position perhaps is is vacant, and the people mm-hmm. aren't sure how to even hire an uh, an HR person. They don't know what questions to ask. They're not sure what experience they should have. So that's more of an assignment kind of time. Um, and uh, my goal there is to help find them the right person and be able to keep things rolling, especially from a compliance standpoint, and be able to turn that steering wheel over to somebody who fits with their organization. Yeah, is that – that make sense? Um, it, it, do, it does. And, and it's kind of what I kind of what I expected you would say, but – because it, it seems to me, like, I, I've always been a person who um, I seem to have, like, a five-year cycle. I, you know, I get in a new role. I, I, I'm in it for about five years, and then I'm like, okay, I've, you know, this has been great. I, I love it. But, you know, I'm kind of shiny object. Ooh, over there, you know, something. I want to try something new, or I want to live somewhere else, or, or some combination of those types of things. So I've I've you know, I used to be called a job hopper, but actually, I was like, no, I just, I'm just somebody who likes to, you know, experience different roles. So I was, I was thinking about, I was thinking about this from the perspective of, you know, that that's one of the things I always thought was alluring about being a consultant. The thing I never could figure out how to love was having to hunt and kill your own food, so to speak. You know, by building a client base, because that's the big challenge, right? People just don't flock mm-hmm. to your door. But so I would think that you know, having the opportunity though to, especially with someone with your background to move in and out of these different businesses, startups, different levels, must be a very, uh, not only challenging, but also very enjoyable kind of experience. But I, I was just wondering if you could talk a bit about the challenges and kind of what some of the, you know, some of the, the rewards are of your, of having that type of work experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing rewards, first of all. I mean, it, just the ability to contribute to businesses, knowing that you're helping leadership and you're helping employees and you're um, getting out redundancies and processes. I mean, all of that is just wonderful. It just makes you feel terrific. But, yeah, there are absolutely challenges. There are people who go, we don't need one. Perhaps they've never had, as one of um, my mentors said, they've, Kelly, they've never had good HR, so they don't know what you can bring. Um, so if they haven't had good HR, there can be some resentment from the executive team. Um, in particular, if you come in as a, a fractional CHRO, the employees sometimes aren't quite sure to begin with. I can usually knock that out quickly because I'm pretty authentic with them and um, mm-hmm. let them know why I'm there and what I'm what I'm doing. Um, you you know, this isn't my first rodeo, so I can usually tell if there are agendas, and I'm not afraid to ask people what those agendas are, um, if mm-hmm. they seem to have some. But, you know, it also can come at a time when you do walk away. I mean, I, I'm fortunate in that I have almost every client I ever started with, um, and doing different things with them, though. And so I might have been a fractional CFO, uh, CHRO to be able to get them people hired. 
and now I'm doing coaching for the executive. I mean, it just mm. it moves around so you can, um, I don't know, you kind of, Sometimes you feel like you want to belong. I'm more of a belonger, and that was my biggest change with consulting is that I can't mm-hmm. belong. Somebody told me once that I can't care more for the business than the owner does, and I was mm-hmm. at fault of that. And, and once I got that lesson in my head, it made me realize that I can contribute, but it's not my final call. And that was mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing. One of the other rewards, though, I, I want to end on a good note with that question, is that what happens, one of the beauties of HR is it does allow you to transfer knowledge in places. So what maybe worked in a medical device company might work over in this manufacturing company, might work in this financial services company, might work in this cosmetic firm. So right. it just is very interesting because now you've got all these post-it notes in your head of all this stuff and sometimes they just come together that give you a better solution that perhaps hadn't even been done before for that particular organization so that is one of the good things about being involved in different businesses in that it does keep you a bit more innovative in what the solution is that's needed for your particular client Yeah, based on my previous story about being perceived as a job hopper, I totally agree. I always argued that, um, you know, people would say, oh, well, you don't have manufacturing experience or you don't have automotive experience. And, yeah, those are are certainly useful, but HR Mm -hmm. is the business and people are Mm -hmm. the business. And as long as you understand business and people, you can really go work and be successful as an HR person in almost any kind of organization unless there's some Mm -hmm. super – crazy technical stuff that you need to know. Um, and I've, mm-hmm. I, I've, you know, I've been in manufacturing, retail, you know, all kinds of different businesses and loved and, and totally agree with you because you, you draw across a different sort of skill set and a different sort of experience, mm-hmm. but it helps you think in a better way in my mind. Um, yeah. so I, I totally, I totally buy into that, into that concept. Uh, we're down to like five minutes. So, you, you mentioned mentors and you mentioned communication. And when we were on our phone call a couple of weeks ago, we did a little pre-show uh, chat. You told, you told me a great story about communication that you had learned from a mentor. And I, I said in the question on the, in the show notes, I, I think it involved something about stone tablets. So I wanted, to get, I wanted to get you to end telling that story and then uh, kind of talk, just wrap up with where people can find you. Okay. Yeah, so um, I did come into the world through communications, the world of HR through communications, and actually um, through a network. I was at the Pentagon and then went on to employee communications in a part-time role with an amazing person who took a chance on me. And, and in fact, he said to me, and on employee orientation said, what would you think of it? And I, you know, I was like 22 or 23. I, of course, you know, I, I knew everything. So I said, well, not much. I don't know what we do. I don't know if I have a paycheck left after all this insurance I signed up. I don't, I don't know. And he said, well, do something about it. But they, and so I got employee communications, and he um, invested in me, and I got to meet someone named Larry Reagan, who is kind of known for his communications and publishes something called the Reagan Report. And I got to learn from him directly. And he read and critiqued a lot of my employee communications writing. These are the old um, company newspapers that I was working on. Mm-hmm. And he said, Kelly, 
you have the courage to write like you should, but management many times feels that they bring their tablets down from the mountain and management (laughs) has spoken and therefore employees you should listen. And I've never forgotten that because it isn't about what we have to say. It's what the person needs to know. Mm-hmm. And and that's really how I have always approached HR in my communications. And, you know, at the beginning we were talking about frequently asked questions because that's the reason I go there is it isn't well, – and it isn't written the way of it is the policy of – I mean, why does it exist? Whether it's a job mm-hmm. description or a policy or a handbook, is it communicating effectively? And that's where that came from. I've had amazing mentors over my life, including the um, Dick Snyder, who brought me here to the Tampa Bay area and believed enough in me to, you know, make me a corporate officer. You know, up being like 37 years old, which was pretty amazing. Mm. Awesome. I'm, I'm not sure I would do it. I'm not sure it was his smartest <laughs> move ever, but I sure appreciate the fact that he did that and will be forever grateful. So, so, sometimes it's just finding the right person that can help you along, and it makes a huge difference in your career. So um, we're, we're, we're not going to cut off the show, and even though we're going to go a little over time, but um, to wrap up, first of all, thanks very much for being our guest today. It was great to have uh a chance to catch up with you, albeit not in person. Uh, hopefully one of these days we can grab coffee over in Tampa mm-hmm. and see each other face-to-face again for the first time in a while. But uh, thanks for being a guest. It was fun to chat with you. And to close out, why don't you tell folks that may be in the hunt for a fractional CHRO or just in general an HR consultant and like what you said, how they can find you. Sure. I'm at K-Rex Consulting. That's K-R-E-X Consulting.com or 813-920-9030, or Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, at krexconsulting.com. Thanks for that. You're welcome. And and Kelly's also real active and shares a lot of great information on LinkedIn, so you can look her up there as well. Kelly, again, thanks for being a guest. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will catch up with you down the road, okay? All right. Thanks tons. Do well. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.